Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Hi, Martin. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great, thanks. I'm great. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. Currently, there's a lot in the social media doctor side of things on mm. the fact that doctors are not taught very well how to deal with death anymore despite really? the fact that it is something that you declare people to be um it is be because well people in general haven't been for generations now you mm. go to the hospital and you die somewhere else we don't we don't want to watch it happening we don't we don't recognize it we don't accept it mm. I mean, I don't think we should all, you know, go back to the 1700s. Well, sorry, your your time's up. You know, we need to fight. There are scientific things you can do to prolong life, but it should not be always the end goal. Well, Just to prolong it. But it is. Just to prolong it. Say, it. It is always the end result, though, isn't it? Death. Um, yes, exactly, exactly. So yeah, you, you've got to so, prolong it but, with the quality of life as well. Right, but we've also tended to now. It's it, so you have somebody who who is inevitably going to die as are we all but but within a, a relatively short time frame mm. and so they go to hospice care yeah so it, it's a, it's another you know pushing it to somebody else that not that i think i think hospice care is wonderful it's wonderful my mother mm. had uh, cancer um because that was a very short very difficult time for my father and we were all scattered the four winds the daughters so yeah. It was really wonderful to have had the support of the Marie Curie nurses came to the house to give hospice care because it can be in-house. In yeah, but there's a tendency. If somebody's, you know, in, in the latter stages of cancer, though, they need a lot of pain medication. Presumably. Right, exactly, exactly. So so those things are very important, but it again medicalizes mm. or pathologizes something which is a natural occurrence. The end point of this life is to pass on to the next one, mm. in my belief, but opinions are different mm -hmm. uh but but at some point you'll cease to be on this earth and and talking about that is likely going to trigger somebody in an audience because they may just this minute had a death or yes. be facing that themselves or with another loved one i mean there's there's no way to avoid it if we were to decide we were going to talk about you know how much we love dogs Somebody mm. else was bitten by one yesterday. I mean, you, you can't control for all these things. So. Yeah, you, you can't control triggers. Yeah, I mean, I remember after. But I... you also, but you, if you were in person with that, but you, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I forgot. You know, you, mm. you could you could apologize, you could cut it off. When you're printing something for the interwebs, <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's no limit to when it might be read. Yeah. Once it's there, it's there, even if it's only on the wayback machine you don't know when somebody's going to come across it mm. and you the writer can have no idea of what's happening in the, in the person who's reading its mind mm. so yeah so i i think that where wherever wherever we joined this conversation but we were reading uh somebody being upset because somebody else was upset yeah it, it might well have been that that person was just venting in order to feel better because of something else that had happened mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, I think not to take offense, 
is probably mm. the best advice. Don't you you don't but you don't take offense from somebody else's offense. Just mm. like try and let it's really easier to say than to do. <laughs> but but try and, and give them a little grace too because yeah. they may yeah, just, just have... let it be water off a duck's back as we say. Yeah. 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 Oh talking of something else, I I I knew we needed to go back to a subject at some point as well. Do you remember we were talking about and you very helpfully wrote uh, for me, um, apart from my column on menopause. Mm. Are you aware of that case over here in the UK of the woman who went missing some three weeks ago up here in Lancashire? Called no. Nic- a lady called Nicola Bully. She'd gone missing. She'd gone for a walk in the morning down to the um, river with her dog. She'd taken her children to school. She was on a Teams meeting at work. Ten minutes later or thereabouts, she was nowhere to be found. Her dog was near the near the bench by the riverside and her phone was there still connected to this team's meeting. And it created this huge missing persons thing. And to cut a long story short, about two and a half weeks into the disappearance, the police, because there'd been so many nasty and vicious rumours spreading about and hateful things said about mm-hmm. the family and people were apparently trying to sell stories to the press. Police released some information that the woman had issues with alcohol brought on by menopause. So there's been a big hoo-ha now about whether they should have released such private information or not, whether it was beneficial. Answer, no. No, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> sadly... Been, we know that she had psychological issues yeah, would have been more yeah, than sufficient. Yeah, or yeah. she was a vulnerable person, would cover yeah, a big would cover everything. And sadly, yeah. her body has now been found a mile and a half down the river. Um, so, you know, after it took over three weeks to find her body, um, but getting back to, you know, menopause, the condition and the effects it can have on some women, how it can throw them off balance. Yeah. But I don't know that the jury is still out. I think as to whether that was the reason she fell in the river. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's, that's a stretch. Mm. Um, just, um, that's very strange. The police are getting very odd in Britain. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard of the story over there. It's been the national news headlines every day for three weeks because there's been such a big public interest in it, put it that way. And the the media have been making such a big thing of it. Mm. You know, media from all over the world have been camped out in this tiny little chocolate box village in the, you know, in the countryside of Lancashire. And it, it just, it's very odd. That they, yeah. they must have had permission from the family to release that I, I don't know if they did or not, but they've now had to refer themselves to the Police Complaints Commission because um, you know, yeah, various groups, not. various people have been saying, why did they have to release that information? Right. I mean, what the press didn't pick up on was if the police started to look for this woman within an hour of her going missing, obviously there was something she was vulnerable or some other reason because normally... right. A missing person over 18 isn't a missing person for the first 24 well, hours. Yeah, but the fact that she'd left her dog on her phone there and so, mm. and she was on a meeting, that, that yeah. is very strange. It was like almost as if you disappeared physically from the room. They would have to mm. go and figure it out. But that's very odd. Mm. So that's been in the news over here. And then, of course, we've got what's in the hypnosis news. Yes, there is, mm. but not not a huge amount. I do like the article that we were reading earlier about the um, j- just going over how how non weird it is, how non woo woo, and and how uh, we need to ignore the showmanship side of it. I mean, there's a place for convincing somebody. There's there's a 
there's there's a place for pointing out something to <laughs> someone when they're experiencing hypnosis. Ah, there you go. Mm. And then they, you know, they sort of buy into it. It's like the, you know, doing the heavy light thing where they now open your eyes, see where your hands are. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, when I was doing my research, when I was training to be a hypnotherapist. In fact, before I started my formal training, when I was just researching, I went to various hypnotherapists and I wasn't aware of all these different testers, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them. Um, one of them said to me, oh, just stand up and did the button balloon thing with me with my mm -hmm. eyes closed. And yeah, I had one arm up there and one down there. <laughs> yep, very, very normal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I didn't regard it as being hypnotized at the time. Um, and this was actually well, after the hypnosis session with him. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, is and it... looking back now, I know what I know. Looking back, it was like, well, I wonder why he did that at the end of it. Did he feel I needed more of a convincer or? Maybe he just remembered it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Was maybe. there anybody else in the room? Was there no, some other person? No, 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 um, no. It was, it was just me and this person um who by the way is an absolutely excellent hypnotherapist um mm -hmm. did, a, did a great session with me but he, he did the book balloon thing after the hypnosis <laughs> at the end mm. interesting like you say maybe he just remembered usually, or something i don't know yeah yeah it's usually right at the front that people mm. do i mean yeah, it's no. usually it's how the state it's also of course how the stage hypnotist will will look for the right people oh yeah <laughs> you you and you not that everybody in the room wouldn't be able to be hypnotized, but mm. under con certain conditions, some people will go easier. Than yeah, and, and again, it's what they want them to do as well. A stage hypnotist doesn't want somebody to just stand there, relax and feel better and sort, you know, any mental yes. issues out, mental health <laughs> Very... issues out or anything that's troubling them out. They want them to perform. Yes. So they're looking Look, for he's smiling. Kind of Isn't that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're looking for people yeah. to, um, you know, to perform and what have you. And those people, right. invariably, the ones that run up onto the stage to be hypnotised want their 15 minutes of fame. Anyway, they're usually in a crowded place, often alcohol's involved. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they've gone up on stage, the same as they would volunteer if a magician asked for volunteers. Yeah, exactly. They want to get up on the stage and be seen by other people. I realised the other day why... Part, part of what is done when it's done on stage triggers me, since we're oh, talking yeah, about on. triggers. Tell, yeah, go on, tell um, you know, the, the, the quite commonly used one to, ex, to, to exhibit how hypnosis can work um, is to have somebody forget their name mm. or not be able to say a certain word. Mm. So it's, it's referred to as amnesia. It's not really amnesia, but um, I find that so unfunny they look it looks to me like nervous laughter and but i'm also projecting when i say that because when i was first acutely ill okay. i wouldn't be able to speak i would have speech arrest and i would suddenly not I, I i i knew i had thoughts but i could not put them into words okay. and i could not get them out and so i i would just stand there like panicking and mm. telling people, i'm 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 i'm, I'm and that I think is why I respond that way. I do not find that amusing. I do not think, and again, possibly projection. Maybe people do just laugh, but I think that's nervous laughter. I think that's fear. Mm. Yeah, or embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did 
that condition self-perpetuate as well when you got yourself worked up and frustrated mm. would it... it does it does yeah it uh, it um it still happens now and again mm. but i recover from it very fast mm. but um this <laughs> we'll have to do another one what went wrong with denise's brain um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, but... well, you know what, Denise, actually, I think that's quite a good thing to, to say, because this is, again, just stop the stigma. We all have mental health and occasionally we all have issues. Well, this uh, this was neurologic health, not, yeah, not mental not, health per se, yeah. but but we brain don't health. know what we, <laughs> yes, brain health. We don't know what it was, but suddenly, mm. more than 20 years ago now, I suddenly could not function reliably in every moment of the day. It, mm. There would be periods in the day that I suddenly, which is why I had to stop working because that's not an option in an emergency room. Sorry, no. having a bad moment, I'll come back. is not an option. <laughs> the doctor's having a lie down, doesn't matter. Um, and it would be, it would certainly be exacerbated by stress and it was probably stress mm. that had made whatever was happening in my brain worse. Mm. But they but they studied me for over 10 years and they still couldn't figure out what it was. And it would still, it, it got better possibly because I was getting sleep because I wasn't working nights anymore and I was eating better and I mean, all of the things that, that you'd get told to do to have mm. a healthier life so things got better and then they stayed the same for a long time and then suddenly things got back to almost normal mm. I am not who I was at 48 when this happened mm. the chances of me being 68 I'm sorry 69 <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh and still being what I was at 48, pretty slim. I mean, yeah, there, there's anybody. definitely going to be changes. I think I'm okay now, mm. but um, we, since we don't really know what happened, mm. and it's interesting because people, I I would be perfectly happy having an MRI. I think I'd be okay having an MRI and seeing what it looks like now. Mm. I don't know what the issues were then, um, but because I there's nothing to address now because I'm supposedly better, um, nobody wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know if things grew back or, or what happened. But um, but being stressed about it was was very difficult, and it was. Um, I mean, you, and you've it was said it many incredibly, times, you? incredibly you, frustrating. You've said it many times. Any medical condition will be exacerbated by stress. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then the stress of having a medical condition. I mean, it sort of self feeds on itself. Really. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? You. I mean, we all. Well, maybe maybe not in your case with you being a doctor, but. We all know if we go to the doctor, I certainly do, you do get those thoughts going through your head before you go, you know, could it be this? Could it be that? Not, no, I'm not the type that if, if I cut my fingers, like, oh my God, is it going to drop off? No, I'm not that bad. But <laughs> when I just discovered a growth in a very personal area a couple of years ago, it was like, oh my God, you know, what could this be? Right. Well, that's, that's as we know, we well, everybody catastrophizes everything. Mm. It's a, a natural, you know, when my husband uh, decided not to call me when he was landing in a snowstorm and the plane had been delayed landing for ages and all the flight stuff was saying that they were already on the ground and he hadn't called. Hours, 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 like nine hours went by. And then he walked in the door and I tore him a new one. <laughs> and... Uh, and he did why because you didn't call me yeah because i was already planning the funeral that's why yeah <laughs> yeah nothing too dramatic then yeah. <laughs> getting back to what we were talking about about 15 minutes ago and you were saying about doctors perhaps aren't as prepared to discuss death and one thing than another well because society as a whole isn't 
Yeah, I mean, because it, doctors are very factual about it, and that's not what people need to hear. But society's so, getting like that over here now. We've got these adverts on television now. Um, simple goodbye, or words to that effect. Go back, say, fifty years. Um, you know, people died, perhaps more so at home. And then there used to be this tradition of having, you know, Uncle George in his coffin in the front lounge for two weeks before the funeral. Mm, I don't think two weeks was a very good idea, but yeah, it would no. be it would be for a while. Uh, that still does happen occasionally, even in the US, where mm. they tend to make everything plastic wrap quite quickly. Um, it's in in rural areas where you're a long way from the funeral home, mm. and things will tend to be to happen and get buried in the farm or whatever. So, but it's it's unusual. Actually, this is an interesting thing to discuss. One of the up-and-coming aspects of hypnosis mm. is helping people die. As in, helping people with the process of dying, not, <laughs> not hurrying them along. Not hurrying Dr. them along. Dr. Death is but in a Dr. Denise, yeah? yeah. Okay. So it's, it's um, the idea is that it is frightening. Acceptance yeah. and, and often people fear pain. A lot of people are okay with being dead. The mm. idea of the act of dying is frightening because yeah. they've never been there. No. They Either, my, 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 my dad's exact words. He said to me, he said, I'm not frightened of not being here anymore. I'm frightened mm -hmm. of how I'm going to actually die. Mm -hmm. I said, and well, so, you can't and so there are... and complain about it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's it. So there are, there are hypnotists who are essentially, to use the word doula, I don't know whether the I don't know if it is a word for someone who assists someone to leave, but there is the doula who helps a woman prepare for childbirth and helps mm. through that part, non-medical non assistance um, okay. for, for that process. That's helping uh, the woman with her people... mindset, is it? Or, or yes, and, and, just the, and, and the practicalities of how to breastfeed and you know all, the, all of that stuff in there that often would have been handed down and by one's a, mother oh, or aunt. <laughs> yeah, and but to quote you from a previous podcast when I was saying something about childbirth is painful and you took me to task immediately and said, do not perpetuate the myth. Do these yes. doulas help to yes. you know, remove yes. that myth? Un uncomfortable. Yeah, not, mm. Although um, I think it was Sharon, I can't remember who it was, but there was a conference I was at recently where, mm. where somebody also took people to task. If a woman is using the word pain, mm. please do not be dismissive of what she has experienced mm. <laughs> so let's take that pain down and make it less painful and mm. then just to merely just uncomfortable don't say you know it, it is because your body will respond to what your brain is thinking yes if they're thinking pain they're going to experience it as pain if they, mm. they experience this really uncomfortable but there's a reason for it mm. <laughs> it'll be a lot better a harder sell if it's because they're having a heart attack Having a baby, there's there's a definitely positive thing at the end of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but we can we can change perception. Yes, which of course of, in of the therapy is. can change perception. Exactly, and so that that is the idea, I believe, for these people who are working with the dying, who mm. who can go in and and help people to relax, help the family members too, because watching somebody die is quite uncomfortable, and we don't do it very often now. One, because for the most part, with the exception of during the pandemic, it, it most children outlive their parents. Yes. 
and most children make it to adulthood, not all by any mm. means. And we have a, a horrible infant mortality rate in this country. There's so many things that need to be addressed, but mm. but it is a different experience than it was back and in huge, my great grandmother's day. Huge differences yeah. between different parts of the population as well. Of course, of course. Yeah. But but the thing is, as you said earlier, we're all going to end up there. So oh yeah, it, it would it it would be nice if we alive. It's nice nice for children to go to funerals, but but we need to destigmatize death too. It isn't something Granny did on purpose. You know, no. this, is, this is a natural thing that happens. It, it's inevitable, and, and yes, it, you know, you you've got your nice sort of expressions you know well the funeral should be a celebration of their life this and the other and yes it should but people are so so soon after the death and they're grieving you know it's one of those things that's a nice it's a bit in your face say. it's a bit in your mm -hmm. face yeah um, well i know i mean i i did go i had several funerals last year mm, um, i know and yeah um but one of them truly was a celebration of life the lady was nearly 100 and and she'd had a wonderful life mm. and and her great grandchildren were there, and there were some others that were coming up generation behind her. I mean, it was um, it was very lovely, and and it was great fun to see pictures of her when she was tiny. Mm. <laughs> because photography's been around that long, so um, that was that was really nice. Um, the other ones, because as I get older, people seem to be younger when they're dying. When really, um, to die in your seventies, it's not that out of place. It, I mean, it's not. I'm, I'm not planning it myself. But, <laughs> oh, you're going to live to 100. Yeah, no, no, but we're lovely, but, or or maybe not, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how, how healthy I'm feeling. Um, but when it's somebody who's younger, mm. somebody who's close to your own age, because mm. you're dealing with the loss of that person, but you're also having that reminder that you're, you will also end up there too. So mm. I think that hypnosis um, can help with the person with relaxation for everybody and some sleep for everybody yeah um i don't know what else they would be doing um, yeah i mean I, I would um question whether or not some hypnotists may bring a religious or spiritual aspect into that well then if they've been asked to if they were from yeah. the same faith background yeah. then yeah. that would be a reasonable thing to do uh, yeah yeah to reinforce those beliefs that they already right. have yeah Okay. Um, so in the same way that hospitals, some hospitals make available hypnosis recordings for people to listen to before going to theatre, not in the anaesthetic sense. In, in no, the, just relaxation. Just mm -hmm. relaxation and confidence, etc. Um, and taking away fears. Do you think the, the hospitals could provide something for patients who have perhaps got a terminal diagnosis, that kind of thing? Yes. And I'm sure that some do, but this is why I really think it's important that we reach more of the general population of physicians. Yeah. Not the, not that I don't want to talk to the academics, but they've got their own thing going on. Mm. It's it's the the general population of physicians who has have not been taught this in school. So few mm. schools teach it that they're they're missing a trick. This is something. It's not a trick, mm. <laughs> but it's something that they could offer to their their patients. Okay, so not necessarily right. a personal hypnotist, but you could no. certainly have a selection of audios, especially these days when everybody's got flipping phones and yeah. you don't even have to produce a, a physical object. Okay, then. So um, hypnosis slash hypnotherapy in the medical setting. 
Mm -hmm. it, it could improve the the way we not we the way you speak to your patients um in the emergency room it could help right. with palliative care it absolutely could form a part of palliative care what where else do you think it could benefit because i know you're doing your program soon on this for doctors I, it, it honestly is useful in every circumstance i think because mm. not not <laughs> i mean everybody should get hypnotized i mean it should be offered yeah not everybody is nervous going to surgery at, no. at the general level, I, I, there's going to be a little bit of discomfort because you don't know what's going do you know, to happen. Do, but do you know something? I, I've never mm -hmm. been nervous having surgery. I, I, I love that bit where you count back and you go, boom. Oh, I hate, I hate that. <laughs> Although I I'm probably that. be, a, I would probably be quite good at it now because you know that's what we do in hypnosis all the time. So yeah. it's, it's a control thing. I did not like not being in control. All right. Of what was happening. So now I would possibly relax more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you used to be hypnotized. Yeah, well, I, you know, fairly, as a child, I had some minor operations and mm. um, they were not, <laughs> back in the old days, they were really mean to kids. We're talking more than 60 years ago now. I mean, it was like turnover, all of a sudden you get stung in the rear end by a needle. <laughs> they didn't tell you it was coming. I mean, yeah. a lot of things that um, uh, being told, I, <laughs> I'm sure there were no lace curtains in the operating room, but I remember <laughs> looking at lace curtains. I have no idea where they come from. <laughs> and and um, the doctor taking my hand mm -hmm. and then suddenly stinging me in the hand because we started my feet, but not, not warning or anything. I was yeah, no shout, scratch, this might hurt. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. No, here, give me your hand. Ouch. And I pulled back <laughs> and I got told off. <laughs> I mean, just... So right. I, I think I think that's a lot of my discomfort as an adult. You mm. know, it, it's not again messages in the back of your mind, not 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 real mm. life ones. Yeah, a tr again a trigger. <laughs> it's quite surprising how how we've we've changed now. You can have people can be parents can be at bedside most of the time if yeah. if they're able to be, they can be. Whereas there was there were set visiting hours. Yeah, yeah there still are in some hospitals, um, perhaps not so much with children. For children? Yeah, I yeah, know when the, children for... are having huge operations, um, you know, transplants, that kind of thing. You've got the theatres with the viewing galleries, haven't you, for the parents? And... Gracious. I yeah. Wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to have a parent watching me do an operation of that ilk. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so I'm going back to medical things again, because we're drifty. Mm. So hypnosis, right, okay, it can help with childbirth. It can help with right. palliative care. So we've got the birth and the death bit. Any medical condition Every, mm. is you've got anxiety around. Yeah. So it helps with the anxiety that will cover everything. Mm. But there's direct effect for obviously for for pain, mm. certainly acute pain in childbirth and the chronic pain of everything else. And we know that it has a certain amount of immunologic effect that mm. it actually physically can affect mm. the body. So it's IBS. And, and presumably a lot of other gastric ailments. Mm. Um, it could help somebody relax and decrease their stress so that cardiac patients would be benefited. Mm. Um, pre and post-surgical anything. It improves blood loss during theater. There's, there's a, a lot of proof um, that it can be beneficial in these conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, but the main thing really is mindset towards what's yeah. happening. Yeah. It's your perspective on things because it's like most things in life. It's not the things that are happening that bother us. It's the thoughts we attach to them. It's the way we think about them. 
and and then not knowing what's happening next yeah yeah but also hypnotherapy does help you reframe something how you look at something mm-hmm. um, it can alter your perspective on it do you have you done much post-trauma post-traumatic <laughs> memory whether stress or not have you have you worked with anyone who's has yeah, a particularly we, bad memory I, yeah i wouldn't want to go into any detail because the uh-huh. person maybe i'd be able to identify themselves um yes i yeah. have and quite recently as well mm-hmm. um and yes mm-hmm. hypnotherapy really really is helpful for that um again it, it's not a question of directly suggesting something to alter their mindset it's a question of giving them that able to take that step back and reassess for themselves and mm-hmm. give themselves a new perspective on something just explore their own mind a little bit without all those thoughts going round and round and round yeah because i mean this is something I, I i'd like to get across actually it's very different people people may confuse hypnotherapy with the act of falling asleep i liken it to that point where you not quite awake not quite asleep because you mm-hmm. never remember falling to sleep but not when you fall into sleep like that with things on your mind hypnotherapy takes those things away it, it quietens them down i think that's a good yeah. way of describing it it quietens them down and then you're in that nice dreamy like um state you you came up with an expression the other day actually i've got notes everywhere denise i'm keeping notes on you <laughs> <laughs> therapeutic daydreaming yes yeah i think that's a pretty accurate description myself therapeutic mm. daydreaming <laughs> yeah so yeah so all these things can be hypnotherapy can help medically so okay a shameless plug yes yes go ahead come on what's well, your you, shameless plug you, your shameless oh no plug. mine mine isn't ready for for nobody will be. i'm wor- i'm working on a a program cme program for physicians no, but I, th- I think you're being too modest there because it is an exciting program and you are going to be teaching doctors hypnosis yes what no teaching doctors about hypnosis about i'm not yet hypnosis. ready to teach them hypnosis <laughs> no but, but you're going to be teaching yes, doctors do about it. hypnosis and i right. i from from me as a mere therapist i think that's fantastic yeah yeah but i am i'm very and it was fun because i was at my doctor's last week and, mm. and mentioned it and he said oh yeah. yeah so he's quite excited about it and i also hope that that then would translate into them talking to their office staff because although a physician may not have the time or even inclination to do hypnosis himself, him or herself. Um, I think that they might want to have people in their office trained. Yes. Who could use it. Or if not trained, or, confused about it. Yes. And of course, others would be in situations like yourself where they could hire or not hire you, but have a therapist come into their office on yeah. certain days of the, yeah. of the week and work from there, depending on their space requirements. I see a patient at a local clinic i physically go there because of her condition she can't do zoom with me mm. um and so that's a that's a particular circumstance but we're trying to get it past the the attorneys you know okay. difficulty with me being a doctor but not being a doctor <laughs> anymore um and you live in a very litigious out, society we do we're a very litigious society so i'm going to hopefully be working down there and being able to work with a, a larger group of people mm. Um, have, have you found so. the doctors you've spoken with uh, or you've approached and people within the medical profession, have you found them more amenable towards hypnosis than you thought they would be? Almost all of them, almost all of them are. Mm. Um, there's a few who are you know, clearly just being polite. 
Mm. Um, but, Which but is fair enough, most, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it's something, A, they want to know how much is going to cost my patient because that, that is a, a big issue for everybody. Mm. It's fun to me that people will go and drop, you know, a thousand bucks on one of those. Yeah. That was a, that was a phone in case you didn't see it in the camera. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but, or you're but listening. What, <laughs> right. And, um, and not want to spend two or three hundred dollars on something that's going to stay with them forever. Yeah. That's going to, you know, that the easiest, the easiest sell, of course, is cigarettes because you can say, this is how much it's actually costing you just to smoke. And then you can even break down and this is the cost to your cardiac health and your lung mm. health. And the other things are a little more amorphous. Mm. Um, it is hard to explain to people how much better they will feel. And of course, we can't guarantee because they've got, it's not just we don't come in and do a thing and then everything happens it's not like i will chop off your foot now then there's a definite thing but if you're i'm taking away your pain now if they're not on board and helping you with that mm. yeah i mean it's smoking Oof. dear me yeah. i i think if that was invented tomorrow it would be immediately banned smoking absolutely yeah, absolutely <laughs> and you know in this country we can blame our royal family it was Walter Raleigh who brought tobacco to England. Oh, yes. Queen okay. Elizabeth I. <laughs> yes, but not using as directed because that was not the way the Native Americans were using it at the time. <laughs> oh, well, were, they, were they sticking it in pipes or just burning yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was for religious uh, experiences. Oh, right. Okay. They weren't, but yeah. Um, well, we've covered like birth, we've covered death, we've covered the bit in the middle. We didn't know we were talking about those today, but we've reached the end of the episode, Denise. I will be interested <laughs> to see what you do when you edit this. Oh, well, that just about wraps it up for another one, Denise. <laughs> we've gone all over the place as usual. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> all right. You must, must keep an eye on the comments to see if people are getting fed up with this rambling of ours, but yeah. I guess they just wouldn't show up if they don't want to listen. Well, that's true, yeah. Bye. So don't forget, next episode, Helen Brewer. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And Joe was last week, so yes, yeah. that's great. Yeah, Helen Brewer, next episode. Don't miss. Thanks, All right. for, li thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for watching. See you again soon. <laughs> Bye, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.